Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. I'm Lara Nassessian, and welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast, where it's my job to share the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring people. Just a quick message before we get stuck into this episode. If you are enjoying the show, then the best way that you can show your support is by subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts, also recommending it to a friend, family member, someone in your network, someone that you work with that you think would really enjoy listening to these episodes and getting value from it. It doesn't cost anything to do so, and it really does help the show out enormously. So for everyone who has already taken time out to leave a review and subscribe and rate the podcast, thank you so much. It really means so much to me, and it really does go a long way. This episode is part two of my two-part series with my extraordinary podcast producer, Darcy Milne of Pro Podcast Production. In part one of this two-part series, we flipped the script and Darcy sat in my chair and he interviewed me and we went quite deep into my story, my upbringing. He asked me things which I actually haven't openly shared before. So if you haven't listened to that episode, then I recommend listening to that episode as well. And then in this episode, we actually delved deep into who Darcy is, his personal story, his professional story, how he founded Pro Podcast Production, how he became podcast producer of the year. But we also get really deep into the tactical aspects of podcasting. So if you have been asking me questions about how to start a podcast, how to start an award-winning podcast, this is the show for you because we go into so much detail around how to start a podcast, what you need to do, what equipment you need, how to launch it, how to do your artwork, how long your podcast should be, how to create a standout production and so much more. There is so much value in this episode. And even if you're not someone who is wanting to start their own podcast, there is still so much benefit and value and wisdom in listening to this episode because Darcy is a true gentleman. He's an awesome human being and he is a brilliant business person as well. And we actually delve deep into his own story and learn a lot of great lessons from him in terms of his mindset and how he approaches things as well. So without further ado, please enjoy this part two of our two-part series with my incredible podcast producer and friend, Darcy Milne. I get asked so many questions about podcasting and I could have sat down and tried to answer these all myself, but like when we have access to the best podcast producer in the country, this is a real treat for anyone who is interested in starting their own podcast. So I kind of wanted to ask a little bit about you, Daz, and if you could maybe share, because you obviously, you had this really successful career as an audio producer for Nova, and you were doing all these awesome shows, 
with some very well-known radio hosts and personalities. But at the time that we met, you were still working at Nova and you were basically running pro podcast production on the side. But what I'd love to ask you is like, where did you see this opportunity to start your own podcast production company? Like, where did that idea come from? Why podcasting? Well, I have been an audio nerd for a very long time. And so I got into radio when I was 14 and I struck a deal with my principal at the time that if he gives me time off sport, I can go land in like unofficial internship at our little local radio station. And that for me was really the moment I fell in love with audio and the theatre of it and the way it evokes emotion and you can so easily tell your story and it's accessible, you know. Then in radio land, you could talk behind a mic and reach just literally hundreds of thousands of people. But I love the production side of it. I love the engineering and capturing great audio. There was something in me that just loved that. So I pursued it. I spent all my time straight out of school in radio and being the audio producer for these radio shows. And it's a very wonderful, fast-paced dynamic radio where you're producing, often you're turning things around in matters of minutes. Sometimes you're recording the Taylor Swifts of the world, so you're feeling the pressure and then feeling the huge high after you've done it. And as radio progressed, I saw podcasting really where a lot of us first saw a sense of it is the iPod classic where you could drag and drop these like audio files onto your iPod and like listen to audio. And I just thought, what a great way to like tell your story. Then as radio progressed, I built up my career and and tried to pursue that to the best of my ability. Ended up working with Kate Timamati and managing the audio production for their audience. And a million and a half people tune in each and every week. And it was my role to make sure they sound their best, create sound effects, write scripting, produce this audio experience that was hopefully unmatched. And they were number one for a long time. But then I saw something happening. As podcasting got more popular, I won the Best Achievement in Production Award in radio. And then I got approached by a podcast company to make them. And so I started kind of freelancing while still at Nova and going down that journey and just fell in love with this medium that is colorful and rich and the level of content that was being shared and the stories that were being told. For me, I was like, I need to be involved in this. The desire to set up a little website and start pro podcast production was, I think it's unfair that people who have a really great story to tell don't have access to the same expertise and production value in the podcast space. Radio is great, but that's very an exclusive club that serves a few. So I thought, let's flip the script and let's make this accessible and make it affordable. So I set up Pro Podcast. That was in 2016. And as I sit here today, I have left Nova, made it my full-time job. We're about to hire our third person for the company. And I get to spend time with podcasters like yourself, helping them through the four stages of podcasting. And that is their sound and artwork design, making sure they look their best, making sure they're capturing great content. So recording their audio with them or showing them how to do that, editing the podcast, going through and shaping that content, and then getting it out there, putting it onto iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts and helping publish that story. 
That is such a great story. I didn't know all of that detail actually about you and your 14-year-old self. (laughs) So it's obviously been something that it sounds like it's something that's really been ingrained in you for such a long time. Like you've had this passion for audio production and I can really attest to the fact that you really do provide such a seamless end-to-end experience because just thinking back to my own journey, we had that interview with Elena and then I was like, cool, what next? Like, how do I actually make this come to (laughs) life now? And, you know, you really helped me with my podcast from everything from my podcast artwork to description to, you know, the name of the show to actually publishing the episodes on, you know, the various podcasting channels from Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Mm. And then after we did that, you and I had a conversation and we were like, okay, I need to start doing this more frequently. So how do I practically do this every week? And we actually started by doing it in a studio. So I remember after I did the interview with Elena, I think I started recording a couple of solo episodes. Like I put out a couple of episodes. And you and I met at like 7am or something in Al- at the studio in Alexandria. You helped me to record those first few episodes. And then we had another conversation because it was like, okay, every time I record a podcast, is it really practical that we're both having to line up our schedules, go to Alexandria at 7am to be recording? And you had suggested to me to actually invest in my own equipment because you were like, in the long run, you're going to be so much better off. You're going to have a lot more flexibility. And then you ended up coming over to my place and you actually helped me physically set up and purchase all of my podcast equipment, which I use today. And you actually then spent like, I think a couple of hours with me actually teaching me how to record podcasts, how to set everything up, how to upload my audio. And then you're still kind of producing my show up until today. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that. And for someone who I get asked a lot of practical questions. So for someone who wants to actually start their own podcast, what would be the first couple of things you would get them to do or that they would need to do or advice that you would give them? What would you kind of let someone know in terms of how to start their podcast if it's something they wanted to do? It's a great question. And I think it actually goes back to something we've covered before in a different way. It's your why. Why do you want to do that? And get that concrete. Why do you want to step into the podcast space? For some people, that is because they've got a story to share. For other people, it's a wonderful hobby or a passion being able to connect with other people and interview them. And then from businesses, they might be wanting to deepen their relationship with their customer, which the audio space is a wonderful place to do that. So get your why solid and then get your six episode plan ready. That's where you literally just on a piece of paper or on a Google Doc, just type one, two, three, four, five, six. Your first episode should be sharing your why. And then the remaining episodes should really look at what you want to continue doing. So if you're doing interviews from episode two onwards, you start doing interviews. Then you have to make a decision. Are you going to do this yourself? 
So feel free to get in touch and I'm sure we'll pop my email in the show notes, but reaching out and just getting some recommendations, even if you don't engage with our services of like, go and get a great microphone. And that would be my biggest recommendation. The technology now is fantastic. You can get a great USB microphone for a couple hundred dollars and you can be off and away if you want to do it that way. Other people go, we really do want that kind of broadcast VIP radio experience. And that's where coming into the podcast studio is a great option for them in terms of don't have to deal with any of the technical things. Das is going to sort that. He's got all of his equipment. But as you described, you're going to transition. And so it's knowing that as you go, you'll work out whether you want to be recording your podcast yourself, you'll work out whether you want to be editing your podcast yourself and you'll work out whether you want to be publishing your podcast, actually uploading the audio to the internet. And they're really the three stages to start thinking about and start thinking about on average, like for editing, for example, it can take anywhere from like two to four hours per episode. Do you want to be doing that? And is that a joyful process for you? And some people love it. And I've trained some people who love editing their podcast. Whereas some people go, no, I don't want to do that. So that would be me. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a wonderful family at Pro Podcast of people who just send their audio in, don't want to think about it after the fact. That's totally a great option. Think about publishing. Do you want to be dragging and dropping your audio? So in our case, Lara, we edit the audio and then send it back to you and you enjoy that uploading process and scheduling those actual episodes in. Whereas some people also don't want to handle that. And that's where they say, Dallas, you just handle that. So just recap, you want to have your why, why are you doing a podcast? Have that really clear. You want to then have a think about your six episode plan. So the introduction episode and then following up with what your show is going to sound like week in, week out. And then finally, you want to decide on what factors you want. The one I left out is like sound and artwork design. And that's one often where even if people are going to like edit their own podcast or publish their own podcast, it can be worth investing or paying a professional to get that done. And that's something that we joyfully do. So plan and then plan what you want to do yourself and what you want someone else to do for you. That is such great advice. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, And I think you kind of answered this one. It's like, can you podcast from home or do you need to go to a studio? So I guess Mm. what you say is it just comes down to your own personal preference about whether you actually want to invest in the equipment and have everything that you kind of set up and pack down at home, or if you want to go into a bit more of an immersive experience. And I've been to your studio in Barangaroo a number of times, and it's a beautiful space. And you literally just go in, everything's set up, you sit down, you record the episode and everything's (laughs) taken care of. So would you say that it's more of a, a money thing, a time thing? Like what's the biggest consideration for people in, in how to decide what's right for them? Biggest consideration is time, definitely, and environment. Sometimes you're going to be interviewing people, which we've done in the past, Lara, where you go, this is a podcast episode I want to come into the studio for because it just needs a different setting and that's appropriate. 
From a quality perspective, there's definitely limitations when recording from home, but I am the biggest ambassador of, they're called the Rode Microphones Now. That's the one I recommend at the moment where you can get that and plug that into your computer and get really good quality from that. So I think you can get like good quality from home. And I think if you're a business or the quality or setting is more important, that's where recording in a studio environment is worth the investment. That completely makes sense. And one of the questions I received, which I think you've sort of already answered, and I feel like even I could answer this one, is (laughs) do I need to invest in a proper microphone or can I record a podcast from my phone? Yes, yes, yes. I can't tell you the amount of people. Look, technically, yes, you could record into voice memos if you wanted to, but for two reasons. One, your phone isn't set up to be publishing that audio. It's really designed for phone calls, and I think that's an important consideration. Two, podcasting should be a joyful experience. I want people to have fun. You want to feel fun doing it. It's a distraction often from the nine to five. It's a really way to connect with other people. When you're connecting with other people as an extension of your personal brand or your actual brand as a company or business, you want to sound great. And so I think like, for example, there's a Rode NT-USB microphone. It's $135. You can get a $29 microphone stand as well. The technology is becoming cheaper and more accessible. And so if you're going to do it, Make that commitment to yourself. If that's all you do, like you do your own music and you do your own editing, the one thing you should buy is a good microphone. I could not agree with you more. Do not skimp on the microphone. (laughs) And what other equipment would someone need in order to get set up? Is it just a microphone or would they need to go with the full kind of setup that I have? Or what would be your advice for someone? who's trying to get an indication as to like initial requirements from an equipment perspective. If you're going to be recording people just over the internet, either via Zoom or another program I recommend called Squadcast, which allows you to get like high quality audio. If you're going to be just doing virtual interviews and you really want to just like test the waters and get into podcasting, that's where a USB microphone is your best bet. If you want to give yourself other options down the track and you want to invest in like top tier quality, that's where buying something like the Rodecaster Pro is really amazing. It allows you to record four people in the room. It allows you to connect like we are now, Lyra, with other people virtually. You can connect your phone to it. There's sound effects. The comparison would be, I think the Rodecaster at the moment goes for about $849. Then you're buying some microphones on top of that. It's obviously, that's a luxury, but if budget affords it and you want to have fun with that roadcaster board, which looks like a spaceship. I mean, I'm looking at it now, there's colors everywhere. It (laughs) feels like a mini (laughs) radio studio. Then go grab the Roadcaster Pro. But if you really want to just test the waters with podcasting, still get a great result. And for context, like I'm doing a podcast at the moment where we've got guests in New York and Ireland, we're sending them these Rode NT-USB mini microphones that plug into their computer and getting a really good result with that. That's a recent thing that's happened in the last 12 months, really, where these microphones are getting better and better, smaller and smaller, and you can plug them into your computer. So you have options now. Wow, that's really cool. I love my Rodecaster, though, I have to say. Uh, it is it is fun. It's good. <laughs> it's good. A few more like tactical questions that I've been receiving. One of them is 
do you need to edit your podcast or can you just upload it as is? So editing, for example, for what we offer for editing, we offer a simple edit and a professional edit. This is really the two mindsets of editing you should be in. With the simple edit, you're making sure your levels sound great. That's really important. You want to make sure that as your audience listens from start to finish, that the levels and everything is mixed and mastered. That is an important step. And then you add your intro and your outro and you might make six little edits here or there where you like paused for a moment or a phone went off in the background. Like all of those things are considerations. Then we offer like professional editing, which is going through and listening from start to finish, taking out all ums and ahs, listening to that content, making trims to improve it. On average, that can take like 10 minutes out of an episode if it goes for an hour long. And that's 10 minutes you're saving your audience of either ums or ahs or just content that doesn't represent you or your guest in the best possible way. And so... The level of editing you engage with, whether you get your own audio editor or you edit it yourself, will depend on how you want to be represented in that audio space. And our customers are 50-50. We have 50% who go, simple edit is perfect. I just want the levels to sound great. And the other 50% go, I want ums and ahs out. And I guess the other consideration, if you are going to get an audio editor, for time's sake, someone's listening to your audio. So they've got your back in that respect. That's probably the biggest consideration of, oh, I recorded this episode two weeks ago. I can't remember what happened on the day. Do I want to go through and now listen to that and take out anything? And Lara, as someone who's made the transition, there's really benefits for both, right? Especially when you're starting out and maybe new to the process and nervous and want some input. That's where professional editing is important. But now you're in the simple edit and loving it, you know, loving the freedom and flexibility that comes with going, no, I'm happy with how the audio was recorded. I just want to make sure it sounds great and we get it out there. Yeah, exactly. We did start off doing the professional edit for quite a few episodes up front. And then when I got used to podcasting a lot more and started to become more comfortable in this space, I kind of relaxed and I realized It's just a conversation and I really don't need much taken out at all. So I probably even rarely request for anything to be edited out specifically now, unless something drastic happens. It's pretty much like what you see is what you get with my podcast. There's not a lot of sort of deep dive editing that happens. But the other thing that you do do is you do put my intro and outro on as well. And adding your intro and outro, you want to make sure those levels are right as well. And that's where like your intro and outro is important too. Like that is a good starting point and where we start with all of our podcasts of going, what music represents you in the audio space? What voiceover, if you want a voiceover attached to that or little sound effects, like how make that a fun experience for your audience as well. Yeah, no, that's a great idea and great advice. A couple more tactical questions for you to ask if you don't mind. One of them was, how do I upload my podcast to various platforms, e.g. Apple Podcasts? Do you need to do it directly to Apple Podcasts or is there a hosting platform that you need to upload to? Brilliant question. And I'll preface that with, I'm also getting a lot of questions about what is Listener and what is Nova Podcasts? So Listener and Nova Podcasts are platforms, but they own your IP. They want to own your idea, which is fine in some cases. But what we do and what anyone can do, which I love, is you can publish your podcast independently. So to do that, you need a home for your audio where it just lives on the internet and you're actually putting a physical file. 
And from that podcast host, which it's known as, you can then distribute your podcast onto all of the major platforms. So you can then go, cool, I want this audio to now go to Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. They're the three major ones I would think about. And the hosting platform I recommend is Omni. I've had a really great experience with them. You definitely pay for that service, but it's a really lovely dashboard. It's a really lovely user experience. And there's a lot of guides to help you along the way. Or if you really want a like free offering, Acast is fantastic for that. And I think they still have their free podcasting platform tier where you can upload your audio there and then get it out. Great response and so many great options out there as well. I just have two more kind of tactical questions and I want to ask you a few other things. One of them is around the ongoing fees and initial startup cost of a podcast. And I know that this is a difficult question to answer because it depends on what you want to do. But Mm. as a ballpark figure or as a bit of a guide, I suppose, to someone who's wanting to podcast and trying to weigh out the cost consideration, is there some kind of indication you could give them? So when it comes to pricing, our business model really wants to support and celebrate independent podcasters. And so we're really lucky to have worked with some great brands and still work with great brands like Ikea, for example. And what that allows us to do is give a rate that's affordable for independent podcasters. And that can just start anywhere from like $79 when it comes to the editing. So it's definitely like something you need to consider if you want to do that yourself. But for $79 and not spending hours upon hours every week doing that process, it feels like a really nice trade-off. And then it goes up naturally depending on the type of podcast you want to produce. So if you want professional editing, that's where there's a price increase. If you're a business and want to create that and get digital assets and really create a podcast that represents your business, that's another price. But I think the best step is do your homework. Reach out to us. We send a free overview of all of your pricing upfront, which gives you just the information. So then you can start having that internal thought about, okay, what elements do I want to invest in? What do I want to do myself? That is so much great information for people. So thank you for sharing all of that. I think it gives a really good insight and ballpark in terms of what they can expect. And final tactical question before we go into a few other podcasting related questions. Is there a general rule of thumb or a recommendation or any advice that you could give to people in terms of how long podcast episodes should go for? Because this is something that comes up a lot for me and I've got a particular view and I I don't think it's a one size fits all approach, but I'd love to hear from you in all of your experience and seeing and, and producing so many different podcasts. Is there such a thing as a bit of a sweet spot or does it depend on the type of podcast that it is? It's really, this question is a great question. One I love answering because it's so dynamic and it's changing. So yes, it's dependent on your audience. I think first and foremost, consider where they're at. If you're doing a law podcast, for example, and you're targeting lawyers, they're going to be time poor. So getting their attention for a long period of time is going to be quite the task. That's where you might want to do a shorter podcast, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. If just generally speaking, people's listening habits have changed. So before where I had a 50 minute commute, I now have a 30 minute walk in my day. And so I advise all of our podcasters to be targeting that 30 minute walk, 30 to 45 minutes. 
if though you're offering high value and especially interview formats, that is a wonderful thing about podcasting. People can have a really great experience with a 50-minute hour-long podcast if, and this is a, a big if, you feel you're offering value throughout that full 60 minutes because this is where the power of editing can come in. I've seen wonderful conversations that have gone for an hour and they've been good, but we've cut that down to an amazing 45 minutes. That's another consideration from an editing perspective and how you plan like how long you want to record. I love that. Das, you see all kinds of podcasts across a range of different topics, businesses, industries, niches, you name it, you've seen it. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, what do you think creates a standout production? What are the essential ingredients for someone who wants to stand out of it? Because it's a saturated market. How does one stand out from that? Great question and timely one because we're about to hit our 200th podcast that we've produced. Wow, that's huge. Congratulations. (laughs) And that's not episodes, that's actual series that we've produced. That's a lot of podcasts. (laughs) It's a lot of podcasts. Look, I'm really proud what I set our whole business up to do is make people stand out. And the way we achieve that, here's the secret sauce, have an amazing intro and outro, invest in that because it will immediately separate you from hundreds, if not thousands, now tens of thousands, other DIY podcasts who haven't invested in that and it reflects. So that's an easy way to do it. And the same with your artwork, either through us, through a graphic designer or jump on Canva, which is free, spend the time tweaking get a beautiful graphic happening, suddenly that's communicating to your audience, oh, this is worth stopping and listening for. It's looking good from the get-go. Oh, now I click on that episode. It's sounding good from the first 30 seconds. Then finally get a wonderful microphone because I can tell you people now have options. I know I've been listening to podcasts and the first 30 seconds that I can know the audio quality isn't great and I'll flick on something else. If you really are dedicated to the journey of building an audience, then get a great microphone and serve content like Lara does (laughs) that is high value and consistently. If you want to build an audience, I think being consistent either. And I don't want to put people in a box and say you have to do a podcast weekly. I don't think that's the case at all. But communicate to your audience when you're going to do that. And if you're doing a monthly podcast, make sure each and every month that podcast is outstanding. That will keep them coming back. I think sound, artwork design, hugely important. Your microphone is really important. And then the content you're serving your audience is really important. Such great insight, Daz. And I wanted to ask you, because you have you know, now produced close to 200 different podcast shows, which is just wild to think about. What do you think sets out a great podcast host? What do you think, are there particular qualities that you've seen or consistencies across the board with people that you feel make a great or compelling podcast host? I think the best podcast hosts we work with, and we've worked with a whole range of podcasters, which I think is important context. So yes, we've worked with Walkley Award-winning journalists and entertainment personalities, 
but we've worked with mums and bloggers and we have a gynecologist who is just passionate about sharing that information. And we have a pet podcast and a food podcast. And these are, again, all podcasts we help produce. We don't own the IP. We just help them get out there and sound great. The best hosts, though, and the ones that resonate with me at least, are the ones who are authentic, who really don't try to be something that they're not. And especially going into it and feeling the nerves, not trying to put on something from episode one, just being really laying all your cards out on the table for your audience, sharing just very openly about why you're starting a podcast, then inviting them to come on that journey with you is what will make you a wonderful host in your own right. That is so great and so true. I feel like being authentic and real is paramount. So it's a great response. And I have to ask you, because you have, I mean, back from your radio days, and I know you mentioned Taylor Swift, you've also recently produced podcasts for guests like Miranda Kerr and Drew Barrymore. What is that like? Do you feel like there's this pressure, extra pressure on you? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I feel I'm the sort of person who feels the pressure for each and every podcast I work on because these people are trusting you with their production and they're paying. And I was someone who didn't grow up with a lot of money. So for me, when I make a purchase, I really like want a good experience. You know, you work hard, you want to have a good experience and that's only fair. So I feel that pressure, but certainly in the celebrity world, there's some added pressure coming in. And behind the scenes, that might be because you've got a publicist on the phone as well. Technically, you're connecting with someone in LA and your host is here in Australia. And there's quite a lot that happens technically behind the scenes. And so it's a lot of pressure going into it. There's a moment about 20 minutes in when you go, oh my goodness, everything is going to plan. And then afterwards, once you hit that red button to stop recording and you go, okay, the audio is all there. We've done our job. We can move on to the next thing. There's a great sense of joy and and pride. You know, I'm really proud to try and give this medium the best level of support that I can. And whether that's the best or not, This year, we get an award for it. Next year, that might change. You know, I know that I'm always going to be proud to work with people, help them get to that level and enjoy a few celebrities along the way. I love that. (laughs) That is so great. That sense of relief when you realise, yeah, I did press record. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I've done that before where I'm like, did I actually press record? I really hope so. Trust me. <laughs> the amount of times podcasters call me in panic of going, I've just done a whole 15 minute interview and I just can't access my file. It's okay. Often it will be there. And these are the fun mistakes you'll learn along the way. Yeah, I know that feeling. I definitely do. And Darcy, it wouldn't be a Boston Hills podcast interview without ending with my signature rapid fire questions. Oh my gosh, I get rapid fire questions? Oh, I feel like this is a true Boston Hills experience. It is, <laughs> and you're not getting away that easily because I'm like, I've got you, so I'm going to definitely <laughs> make sure I'm getting everything that I wanted to ask you. The first question I wanted to ask you is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, well... Don't tell anyone, but I'm only 27, so it wasn't too long ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> How are you only 27? That is crazy. No. Start young, I would say. That um, is so impressive. <laughs> like, that is so impressive to me, Das. It really is. Not that I thought that you were that much older than that, but still 27 for what you've accomplished is pretty incredible. Look, I think that's why I'm a big fan of your podcast, where I have seen if you put the hard work in, you can build a great life for yourself and experience and if you're purposeful about what you're giving people. But to not get away from answering the true question, I would say to my 21-year-old self, whilst success and those things seem really important, be kind to yourself on the journey because the success you will receive or experience or go through will only be a joyful one if you're being kind to yourself. And when I, I say that, I mean the internal thoughts and what you're just telling yourself, you know, when you get up and out of bed and not comparing yourself to others. I think all of that is really, really important. Yeah, I love that. So well said. Question two, what is one thing that you've gotten better at saying no to? <laughs> Saying no. <laughs> I've heard your advice on this. I've heard your guest advice on this. I don't know I'm quite there yet, but what did happen when I got married, it made it a lot easier because suddenly it became, do I want to go and attend this event or do I want to give my time to something when I can be at home watching friends with my best friend? Aww. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think... Like, I think the other thing too, not to go too deep, I just lost a really great friend at the start of the year and it was quite unexpected and he called me and I didn't pick up the phone call because I was busy and I would have just been busy with an email and heartbreaking at the time, still heartbreaking. But the greatest lesson to that is check yourself, check yourself what is in front of you and can that wait till tomorrow to be with the ones that you love? And often the answer is actually yes. (laughs) You know, that email can wait. Yeah. And if people aren't happy with that, that's their own thing that they're carrying. That's not the experience or your worth that is being put forward. Oh, what a huge lesson. That is some Mm. real perspective right there. Question three, what is the best investment you've ever made? Best investment I've made? Okay, this is a fun one. I, like maybe two months ago, I'm still building a business, so I don't take a huge salary from the business at all. And I want to look after our staff and and build and get that growth. Two months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy an Apple Watch. I'm not just going to buy an Apple Watch. I'm going to buy it with a beautiful brand. And it seems a ridiculous purchase, but I'm glad I did because sometimes you just need those superficial things. Sometimes you just need to wake up and have that watch or have that item or that perfume or whatever it is that empowers you to just feel like a a boss in that moment. I'm a big believer of just, you know, do that. I think sometimes just rewarding yourself too for certain milestones as well is something that I really like to do is like celebrate by like (laughs) buying a really nice bag or something. But it's it's like (laughs) when you work really hard, I feel like marking it with something tangible can be really nice. It's not like you do it every day. So 
And also Enjoy don't like <laughs> and don't buy the watch and then feel bad about it and get validation from other people around you. No, you're a boss. Own you and go do something that is selfish and just for you. Because I tell you what, if you really look after yourself in those sorts of ways, the people around you get more from you. And so everyone wins. I love that and could not agree with you more. <laughs> Question four, what is one motto, quote or saying that you live by? Oh, I've got so many. I'm a bit of a journaler, so I'm a bit reflective like that. And if I see a good quote, I write it down. Uh, so one quote would be something that I'm experimenting with at the moment is saying I'm at peace with the outcome. Oh, and it's challenging as someone who, I mean, has built a career being really good at something often comes from being a bit of a perfectionist at it. And I'm learning rapidly. You can't be in control of everything. So if you can go into a scenario saying I'm at peace with the outcome before it has happened, I'm finding it really just settles your mind, but it also actually settles your body. Your body responds to that. And I think you actually end up putting in a better performance at whatever that thing is. That is really good. I really like that. <laughs> I like that one too. Not sure where that comes from, but I'll claim it. I like it. As a fellow perfectionist, I can relate. So. <laughs> and final question, what habit, routine or ritual has most positively impacted your life? Okay. Journaling. I started journaling before I built my business. And when I first met my wife, now being married for five years and the business being a lot older, it's so easy. The world is noisy. It's really just hard to be grounded and you can lose perspective. And so there's nothing more I love than flicking back to a couple of years. And it's the quickest way to get perspective on a situation. You're like, oh, this happened or I conquered this or I was thinking this or other like to be real too, like flicking back and going, oh, I was like really struggling with that back then and I'm still struggling with that now. I need to do something about that. And if you're really committed to building a purposeful life, which is all everything about your podcast is, then invest in yourself in that way. I use a little app called Day One. I think it costs next to nothing and it's just an easy little way when you're on the run to just like type a little thought or that little quote came from there or, you know, like- it's a good way to invest in yourself and your future self will really thank you for that. Totally. And is there a particular time of day and length of time that you like to journal for? No. And see, often it's not more than a paragraph. What I love about day one is you can add a photo or you can just forward an email sometimes or a screenshot. It's those little life's moments that I think are important. and. Like podcasting, I just want journaling to be fun. <laughs> I don't want to like feel locked into something. There's nothing worse than feeling like you've got to tick another thing off on your day. So I just try to keep that light and fun and that seems to work for me. I love that. So great and so easy to build into your day. So mm. I really like that. Well, Das, this has been so much fun for me because you have literally been part of my podcasting journey since day zero. 
there's a lot of things that I feel quite aligned to you on. And I think we've had conversations about this previously, but, you know, I really respect and value you as a human being, your work ethic, your incredible high standards, all the expertise, support, words of wisdom that you've shared with me along the years is deeply appreciated. And I'm so grateful that you were able to come on the show today and that I get to share you with my audience because I feel like, you know, podcasting is something so much more than just kind of the audio that goes behind it, but you're really helping to bring people's stories to life. And I think that that is really purposeful. And yeah, I'm really grateful just to have you in my life and have you, you know, part of my journey as well. So thank you for everything. And thank you so much for doing this with me. I genuinely appreciate it. Oh, I am so grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. I mean, it's now eight o'clock and we've been going for a long time and it's gone like that. And that is the experience of connecting with you, Lara. It is always a joyful experience. I think thank you on behalf of your audience, going back to flipping the script and learning more about you to hear that story, to hear how that unfolded, to hear you say no to really important stuff, but also to seize really important opportunities. We are now benefiting from that and their choices you made. So thank you for being bold when you needed to be bold and pushing through the scary when it was scary and for ultimately contacting me on a Thursday for a Sunday podcast because my life has definitely benefited from it. So thank you. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. Thank you so much. And before we wrap up, where are the best places for people to find you, connect with you, learn more about pro podcast production and how they could possibly start their own podcasting journey? We've got three great options for you. If you're feeling like Nah, Das, I'm good. I want to do a DIY thing. Createapodcast.com.au is a DIY course we put together where it's all of my knowledge in one place for you. If you feel like you would want some support or want to invest in like maybe invest in your intro and artwork or your artwork design or get help with your podcast, propodcastproduction.com or feel free to email me direct, Darcy at propodcastproduction.com. Amazing. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes to make it super easy for everyone to find. But thank you so much again, Daz. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes. 